Hey, welcome in. My name's Greg. I'm here with my co-host Chandler, and this is the first ever episode of the GNC Fantasy Football Show. Say hey, Chan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Greg, I can't tell you how excited I oh, am I'm... to get this podcast off the ground, up and running, finally. Absolutely. First ever episode. We've talked about it for a while now. I'm excited to jump in. We're going to touch on a little bit of uh, a couple of things today. We're gonna, we got a couple of segments. Um, we're going to do injury first, a couple injury news, but we're going to do a mock later on. First, a little bit about us. I want to tell you a little bit about our background. Um, I'm a, myself, I'm an Eagles fan, long time, and I've been playing fantasy football for over 15 years now, competitively. Chandler and I, we've been in a, in a fantasy league now, what, competitively going on five years, I think? I think this is the fifth year, maybe the fourth, at least the fourth money okay. year, I believe. Either way, it's extremely competitive, um, and I hope as we keep it going, it only gets more, more and more and more competitive. So we'll see about that. But before we get started into anything today, uh, just a little bit about news going on this week, some big news. We're not going to really worry about the smaller stuff. Uh, stuff. AJ Green, you know, going through surgery on Tuesday, had to get some stuff cleaned out, found out he's going to at least miss a three, three to four games. I'm not surprised by this. Um, and, 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 and not to interrupt you, but I mean, who didn't see this coming? I mean, AJ Green has a history of injury issues right. and what blows my mind. And, and it's something I never realized is he's the same age as Julio Jones. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, that's talking about someone else going, that was kind of my next, one of my next stops was Julio Jones. Um, he sitting out. A whole preseason that's more of a precautionary thing i think we kind of talked about that earlier this week um i don't think it's anything i have no concerns regarding julio just i just want to throw that out there i know holdouts are um you know it, it gets people a little nervous get a little shaky in their boots right. but julio it's not something i would necessarily be concerned about right no and and neither am i i mean you know michael thomas getting paid that's i don't think julio is going to go that route but i mean more so his foot in you know that's the whole reason he's sitting out the preseason i think is is because i mean um last week he had a situation again with his foot i don't know if it's the same foot or something different but it's his foot and yeah that's just something you got to watch throughout the preseason but uh before we really jump into it, uh, I want to do a quick huddle and ask you kind of a quick question here. So of these two players, Chandler, they're going around the same place as far as ADP. We know how a lot of a lot of our league mates feel about ADP. But anyway, ba- based yeah. off ADP, we, we don't really have anything else to go off of. But So these two players are going around the same time. Uh, you have to choose one, and I want you to tell me who you would choose and and why just real quickly uh, and that is Keenan Allen or Adam Thielen who I would personally choose Correct. between those two okay so let's say you know they both fall to me it's it, it's my pick in the draft um I think Greg I think I've discussed this with you how I just simply view Adam Thielen for no reason um other than just gut feeling as fool's gold mm-hmm. Um, now he had what 1300 yards last year. I mean, he was a fantasy stud, right? Put up over 300 points. No, Mm -hmm. there is no denying that. Um, but I have to go with Keenan Allen. I mean, just off the top of the head without, you know, pulling any stats up and taking a quick, you know, look at it, you know, gut feeling does say, uh, Keenan Allen and, it has nothing to do with what has happened uh, in the past because you base it simply off past performances. I think the answer sure. could be Adam Thielen here. Sure, but Keenan Allen. So he just feels consistent. So you don't. You're not basing it off the quarterback at all. You're not worried about you compare. Uh, do you compare Philip Rivers to Kirk Cousins at all? Whenever you're making that decision, there. No, it's not the. No, 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 it's not the playoffs. Kirk Cousins is all about putting up numbers and getting paid. I think we've learned that. Right. Um. 
so no, no, no. no. I, I think Kirk Cousins is a is a good quarterback. Um, I don't know if he's worth the money he's getting paid. Sure, um, but he's a good quarterback, and and I do love Philip Rivers. Oh yeah, I'm I'm uh, a, a Philip no, I'm no, a Philip Rivers truther. I mean, what three years going on now? I've had him on my my fantasy team. Oh yes, so, yes you have. I mean, and and honestly, the Vikings and uh, the Chargers are both good teams. And the thing is, um, I think I think the Vikings are going to be more apt to play tough defense, run clock, run the ball. Um, keep keep the game under 24 points. Uh, I think Philip Rivers is more of a gunslinger. You do have Mike Williams coming of age who who could potentially take away some of those targets from Keenan Allen, but I'm not really worried sure. about that at all, especially if, if Melvin Gordon gets traded or, or continues to hold out. It's simply just going to open up uh, more opportunity for Keenan. Right, and I mean, that, that goes back to uh, um, leading back into our, some of the other news going on. You know, Zeke still... I, that's kind of turning into a situation, but from what I've read and heard, I don't think it's I don't think he's in a really um, a leveraged position. So I think we'll see him week one for sure. On Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, uh, it may turn into a Le'Veon Bell. Interesting stat regarding the Melvin Gordon, not stat, but piece of information regarding the uh, Melvin Gordon holdout is his agent was the same agent that facilitated the trade from uh, for Jarvis Landry from Miami to uh, Cleveland. Uh, so we know this guy is, is not afraid to, um, to basically force trade upon teams, and as long as he can keep his, right. his, uh, his client willing to do so. You could definitely see. Though the problem is, are there any suitors for Melvin? Sure, uh, that's the real yeah. Point. No one's. I mean, there's. I think that there's only a few teams in my my head. You know, right off the bat, and I don't. I don't have figures in front of me, but I think he would be a good fit for say the Texans. Um, that would be a good Ooh. fit. I don't know if they have that cap space there, Ooh, but that would be bills. that would be scary. You know, um, but not to get hung up on it again. You know, we're gonna move on from this, and we're gonna go into what we're calling. Uh, are we gonna call it the Sandman segment? Does that sound all right? You know, for now, the Sandman segment. segment yeah, hey, hey, I like that. It's got, okay. it's got a nice ring to it. All right, so moving into um, our Sandman segment, uh, just tell me, you know, you can talk a little bit about some guys that are going late um, or maybe even undrafted and with, with some high upside. Do you want to start it off? or? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem starting it off. Uh, one thing I would like to say real quick uh, regarding sleepers and the way that you and I, uh, view sleepers is is probably different than what uh, most of the listeners are sure. used to. Um, so when you are googling, for instance, or, or or researching for your upcoming draft, you know potential sleepers, you run across fantasy experts who are uh, discussing their sleepers, and what they are basing it off of is players who are expected to outperform their ADP, right. Um, so for instance, and I have, I do have an issue with this. Uh, for instance, I came across an article today. I concur. Uh, discussing potential 2019 sleepers. And uh, they had Big Ben as a sleeper simply because of where he was being drafted compared to where they predicted him to perform. But I don't think anybody actually considers Big Ben a sleeper. We all know he's a good quarterback. To right. me, a sleeper is somebody that you're not thinking of or that is going super late mm-hmm. that can, that has potential for if For example, if it's a wide receiver has top 30 wide, wide receiver potential and running back, we're talking going late. You're not talking about them. Philip Lindsay, top 15 uh, right. potential. That's yeah. what I believe a sleeper is. So for me, um, I think my number one sleeper and his his ADP actually has been slowly rising. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Um, I'm gonna stop you before you go into it. Give us give us some like uh, honorable mentions before you get, you reveal your main. That's kind of what I was gonna okay. do. So give us like oh, some, okay, some yeah yeah some honorable. Give mentions. us a little foreplay, have, <laughs> bro. Hey, and the thing is, I think I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this because okay. I don't think a lot of people are gonna agree with me, but that's fine. Um, my first honorable mention is going to be Marquise Lee. And the reason is, okay, mm-hmm. so a couple – let me hedge my hedge my bet, hedge my take here. Um, he's coming off a massive knee injury. Right. Okay, that's scary. I get it. 
Um, he's still on the pup list, but uh, what he's doing is he is really focusing on his rehab. I mean, he's honestly trying to make sure he's ready uh, for week one. So that's not an issue to me. I think he will be out there week one. Um, but if you don't, I don't know if a lot of people, people have realized that leading up to the 2018 season, he was a breakout candidate for a lot of people. Oh yeah. He, he was, was on the he radar. Was, he was on everybody's radar. I mean, you weren't sneaking away in with 20, Mark Easley. In 2017, 56 receptions, 702 yards. Okay. 12 and a half yards per reception. That is above league average. And that's with Blake Bortles. Right. Bro. Yeah. They have the magic man now in Jacksonville. So <laughs> Mark Easley is a guy who's probably going to go undrafted. You can grab him in the 16th round um, or maybe off the waiver. So that's, that's one of my honorable mentions. Sure. Um, Number two, and I feel shaky about this one. This is not a guy you want to draft even in the 16th round. This is a guy you want to keep your eye on and keep your eye on the team. But it's Jarek McKinnon, okay? Um, when Dalvin Cook went down his rookie year, Jarek McKinnon um, got a boost in opportunity. They, they still had Latavius Murray, and he got the majority of right. you know, goal line touches, etc. But then... Uh, San Francisco decided to give McKinnon $5 million a year. Okay. And that doesn't sound like a lot of money when we talk about pro athletes, but for a running back, it is a lot of money. Um, For instance, the chargers are off here offering Melvin Gordon, 10 million a year. Now he's turning it down, but the chargers are telling Melvin Gordon, who we know is a stud $10 million a year. And then San Francisco saying, Hey, McKinnon, this backup will give you five mil. Okay. There's something there. Right. Uh, he gets hurt. He tears his ACL. Um, now they have San Francisco has Coleman, Brita and McKinnon. So yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's kind of a King Ghidorah situation. If you ever watch Godzilla, I mean, you don't know <laughs> which head to it's face. Messy. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I, I'm going to uh, jump in before you reveal yours. I'm just going to give my honorable mentions really quick. Uh, to lead off because you were talking about the 49ers backfield. Matt Breida is on my radar. Um, you got to watch that. You got to pay attention to that, whether you draft, you know, one of these players in the late rounds or you may you know, I say they're I on your that. waiver wire. Is that acceptable? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, that's fine. And I, I mean, what, what can, well, what's your reason? I mean, last year, you know, he was getting double digit touches. Uh, he was dealing, he was battling through an injury through most of the games. Um, but from what I've seen, and I think from what most of us seen, I mean, he's, he's talented. So, you know, if the opportunity you know what is I'm there hearing from both of us real quick, what I'm hearing from both of us is that we think the 49ers are going to be a decent football team and we see sure. potential in that backfield is basically what, what, yeah, we I, I believe I'm, I'm going to say the, uh, <laughs> the 49ers are going to be completely different from what we're used to. I mean, last year was. They were they were looking great right off the bat, and you know the, obviously the the Jimmy G injury that that hurt, um, and then like I said, Matt Breida he was looking good, but battling through a lot of injuries. Um, Tevin Coleman he may be the spark that they need. I don't know, he, he, and I'm not a I'm not a Tevin Coleman truther or, or, or even a fan. Today. I would say, yeah, and we were talking about it earlier. I, I'm not. Uh, I mean, being in a high high powered offense and literally having the backfield to yourself for an, uh, a whole season, and then the year before that, I'm pretty sure he got a lot of um, looks. I mean, there was nothing there that I, I looked at where I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a fantasy you know, Just a fantasy so the hit. listeners know where you stand, mm-hmm. answer this question for us live. Uh, Tariq Cohen or Tevin Coleman, who are you drafting? Uh, that's a tough one for me. Again, we didn't talk about this, but we play uh, in our competitive league. Yeah, I'm in a couple of different leagues, but in our competitive league, our one that we've been running for years, it's a PPR full point. Um, you know, last year Cohen he put up wide receiver two numbers, and and what I told you earlier, I said, you know, I I can't argue taking Cohen over Coleman because one reason, and that's because Cohen is nothing but nothing more than a satellite back. He plays the slot. He's going to get some dump-offs. 
he's not going to get carries. Last year, you you actually brought this stat up. He gets less than he last year. He had less than a hundred carries last year. Ninety nine. That yeah, that number's not going to go up. That number it's not, not going to go, go up. up. No, especially with them draft or uh, picking up uh, David Montgomery, and then also I believe it's Mike Davis they sure. got from the Seahawks. Yeah, Mike Mike Davis, and I think Mike Davis may be. Kind of what you were mentioned saying earlier about Thielen, fool's gold. You know, like it worked yeah, in the, uh, with the Seahawks. He looked, yeah, he looked good. But I mean, hey, honestly, I don't think he, the athleticism is there. He's just kind of a big guy. Um, but moving on, moving forward, um, we, I think we, so 49ers good. We both agree with that. Moving forward, my second honorable mention before we reveal uh, our our true sleepers, if you will, is Devin Singletary. Now, Ooh. I'm not gonna go spend much time on this um but you know he i think the opportunities there they have the opportunity <laughs> has McCoy. the potential to be there yes yes i mean if if they were smart they would get him in let him we're see shady. looks early and we're often shady. yeah and you know but between mccoy and frank gore they have the oldest backfield <laughs> in the league i don't see anything changing you know i don't see them <laughs> having any sort of year, uh, especially fantasy relevant, they may, I don't know, they may get double-digit carries a couple of games, but it would be really surprising if, if it was turned into anything more than that. But uh, go ahead with your with your actual sleeper, and then I'll reel them on, and then we'll jump right into our mock. Sure. Uh, my actual sleeper is going to be Traquan Smith. Now, Ooh. The only issue I have with calling him a sleeper now is the fact that a lot of people are catching on and his ADP is slowly rising. Um, but I will say in his rookie year, 28 receptions, 427 yards. Now that's not something that you know just sticks out and you're like, man, wow, what a rookie performance. However, he did have five touchdowns, okay? Right. And the thing is, people believe that Ted Ginn is the number two wide receiver on the Saints offense. I'm going to disagree. Oh, you don't? No. I kinda, I I'm, think, I'm kind of on the fence. I think Traquan is going to snag that uh, number two on that offense, and I think you can definitely see him at least, okay, maybe not in the touchdown. Um, I'm, I'm sure. thinking maybe around eight touchdowns, but double the – uh, receptions and yards. So I'm talking about 800 to 900 yards around 50 to 60 receptions for him. And and I think, would you not love to have somebody uh, grabbing 50, 60 balls a year, 800 yards receiving eight yeah. touchdowns in your flex position? Yeah. I mean, come on. Absolutely. And I think the saints are going to be fired up. They got a lot to prove. They do not, not to prove they lot to prove is not the right word, but they're angry. What happened last year? Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like um, they they have a that defense was there two years ago. Um, I think it was two years ago. I mean, they were they were one of the top defenses last year. They stumbled at first, I think, but um, they they kind of packed it up, got it going towards the end. But uh, yeah, I, I I can absolutely see that. You know, whenever Smith came onto the scene, you know, he had those couple of games and. Everyone was like, wow. But um, my, real fast, my, my sleeper. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt Go ahead. you real fast. Sure. Another quick point I wanted to make was that we just saw Michael Thomas get paid. But what Michael yes. Thomas is not is he is not a deep threat. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean right. he can't, you know, catch fades in the end zone. It doesn't mean he won't break off a 60-yarder. But that's not that's not his forte. He is more of a Keenan now. No, you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You see his you see his receptions happening more towards the lining line of scrimmage than not. Drags, yeah, ends, absolutely. slants. Uh, I right. mean, but Traquan is the type of guy who's going to take the top off of a defense. Sure. And he's only twenty three years like old. A, and and rookie. Kind of like my boys, yes. DJX. I'm excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I, I don't hold your same excitement, although I think they're <laughs> gonna be a good team. He could have big games. Uh but but real quick That's for another episode. Yes. Uh but regarding Traquan, um, I can I can just picture him having no rookie wide receiver really performs well, okay, in their rookie year. Right. It's typically a second and third year that you see them, you know, break out. And, and I, I think 
Traquan is on the verge of a breakout season uh, his sophomore year in the league. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, no dis- I mean, I'm a big fan of that. So um, I can see it. That Saints offense could be could be on fire like it usually is. But uh, moving on to mine, Dante Moncrief. Last year, the Steelers, um, and, and this is, I don't Bro. think this is going to happen again. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry. No, just continue. <laughs> Dante Moncrief. I know what you're thinking. Um, I kind of think the same thing halfway, but, you know, I was looking at some of some of his numbers from his previous years. Nothing impre- impressive. I mean, he doesn't have anything over 1,000 yards ever. Uh, there were a couple seasons, obviously, where he had to sit out due to injuries or miss some games. But the guy's got size. The guy's got the speed. And like, unlike you, we were talking about Michael Thomas just now, Moncrief can actually take the top off if when he wants. I mean, kind of not comparable to Randy Moss, but he kind of can do that in, in certain situations. You know what I mean? I, I and, do. And with A.B. leaving... And Jesse James. Between the two of those, we're looking at over 200 targets that are going to go. True. Um, now I hear a lot of a lot of people talking about, well, you know, Vance McDonald are going to pick those up. Uh, you know, or James Conner, Jalen Samuel. I mean, it, Vance McDonald cannot take. <laughs> and last year he had 70 targets himself with AB and Jesse James there. So uh, in my mind, it's just ridiculous to see. I don't see I don't see Vance McDonald getting. Um, more than a hundred receptions. That that I, I agree is just there. absurd. So I see Mon I see Moncrief having his he uh his first seventy plus reception year. He hasn't had one yet in wow. the NFL. So I see that happening. Um and like I said, I just think that the athleticism is there. So um that's that. that that's what I regarding Dante Moncrief, what I will say is you know obviously like you know Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to get you know 200 targets you know he's going to max out mm-hmm. around you know 100 to 110 targets right roughly no i mean i mean i have him probably more like 130 at least targets how many receptions are you thinking maybe uh, 110 90 tops wow okay yeah um okay but still that's the point 200 targets right. are gone they can't right. all go to Juju. They got to go to somebody. Okay. Right. My issue with Dante Moncrief is aside from, you know, rookies uh, mm-hmm. and second year players, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league? And he has been in the league for five years. Mm-hmm. And you have not shown us anything. Four years with the Colts. Now, one year was with Blake Bortles, and he did have 668. Uh, receiving yards with the Jags. I get it, but he hasn't produced yet. Even on the Steelers, I can't see him producing now. I mean, I honestly have him below 50 receptions, below 700 yards, under five touchdowns. And that's me personally. I I could be wrong, and we don't really know how good this offense is going to be. I don't have a reason to think it's going to be a bad offense. Um, I I really don't. I mean, you know, they didn't have Le'Veon Bell last year. They were a great offense. They missed the playoffs, but they had a good offense. Uh, I I think Juju is a is a star. All I'm saying is, if it does, if it's not Moncrief, keep an eye on that on those wideouts because it's got to be someone. It's not. It's got to be McDonald. It's not going to be Vance McDonald. I mean, yes, he's going to get the Washington. No, I, I we'll see. I mean, he was a he was rookie last year. A lot of people think that he could be that guy. I don't though. So now I'm right. yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards what you're saying. It's got to be somebody. I'm not a James Washington fan. I like uh, I like I like the athletic receiver with the height and Moncrief. Like I said, as far as it's gotta um, be somebody. the build, it it he's he's got it all from there. Okay, but unless you know, if you've I up, got if I end up any other Dante Moncrief, don't get mad at me. Nah, not going to. I mean, right now he's going around as far as ADP again. I know league. I know what you're thinking. Know what you're saying right now. He's going around mid mid ten or so. But um, I think you know anything after nine, you're looking for upside. So true. That's a fact. 
I mean, after that, hopefully you got your starters in place, and now you're looking for flyers. You're looking for guys who can be like, oh, my God, he's having a a James Conner-like year or a Philip Lindsay-type year. I mean, these are the type of guys. Exactly. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you know? I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for after, like, round eight. You're like, my starters are set. Now I'm trying to hit a home run. That is a, that is absolutely right. I hear you. So now we're going to jump into our mock um, so just to explain how this uh, is going to happen, we're going to do a, a collaborative mock. You know, we ended up with the eighth eighth pick. For some reason, we chose that. Don't ask why, but we're going to rock that. Uh, it's a 12-team PPR, just like our competitive league runs, our five-year league. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into it. And what we're going to do, we're going to kind of break down what we're thinking while we're taking the guys that we are. Um, and here we go. I'm going to start it right now. Get her going. I will say, if you have already drafted, um, that that does kind of stink for your league, simply because sure. uh, we see a lot of news coming out. You know, we I mean, we discussed AJ Green at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. It's better if you can. I mean, obviously, you can't draft if all of, you don't want ten people in your league auto drafting. If you're um, doing a redraft league, wait yes. to the latest. Time that you can i uh, myself i'm doing dynasty for the first time this year um i'm trying to get you in a dynasty with me i think we should do that soon agreed but uh we drafted about a month ago and you know it's a, it's a whole different ball game um but I'm, I'm excited about it unfortunately i took melvin gordon this was way before <laughs> way before any of this so we'll see how that works out i don't have austin eckler someone came to oh, me no. though and was like hey where do you value Eck, you know, Eckler at? Not, I, he was asking way too much. Justin Jackson but, uh, is a guy you should keep your eyes on. Yeah, well, we, you know, it's a, it's a very deep uh, with Dynasty. If you don't know, you know, um, the roster usually anywhere between twenty three to twenty seven to thirty players. There's not much of a waiver, you know. There's not much of a waiver yeah, wire unless you want to go and pluck players that you don't know. Um, so, you know, he, he's gone. But uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in the draft here. Tell us yeah, what's going so, on. Yeah, uh, so first pick of the draft, Christian McCaffrey. I think that's the safest bet if you have the first pick in the draft you take. I think you take uh, McCaff all day. Number two, Alvin Kamara. Three, Saquon. Four, Zeke. Five, Hopkins. Six, Adams. Seven, Johnson. Uh, I'm actually... I'm actually kind of shocked that Zeke is still going in the top five range. Now, mm-hmm. I may have PTSD. I was a guy who had the first pick of the draft last year, and I took Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and, and, and Chandler, I, you can't have PTSD. You can't have PTSD. You cannot. That is Let's a fact, but I do. Um, and so I took Le'Veon Bell, and I held on to him all year. I actually ended up acquiring Connor and then trading Connor. So that's how uh, bad of a year that I had. Yes. I remember that. (laughs) Um, But one thing I think that has taught me is, is you do not draft a guy who has not put pen to paper. If he is threatening to hold out, Le'Veon Bell has taught us they are not afraid to hold out. Um, And so that scares me. I don't think I would draft Zeke in the first five. Now I am pick six in our league. Um, If he falls to me, I will not take him. Uh, is that a bad right. decision? Yes, if he ends up signing. That is, but like I said, PTSD has got me strong. I, I, I don't think, I don't mm-hmm. think. I understand, I understand that, but here's my thing. From everything that's coming out, it's not a situation like Melvin Gordon's is. Like, actually, you know, Gordon's in a situation where he can hold out, sit the whole year out if he wants, kind of Le'Veon Bell style. Um, from what I read, for contractual reasons, you know, Zeke can't do that. But do you still want that situation? I, I'm with you 100. percent No, you don't. You don't want that on your team. I yeah. I agree. At least not in the first round. I will say also just touch the other side of why it's safe to draft Zeke is the fact that his agents tell him to hold out this year is because Jerry Jones wants to win a Super Bowl before he dies, and Dak Prescott's um, success <laughs> is based off of you know Zeke in that running game. They have built uh, we all we all love Zeke. Jerry Jones though. Jerry Jones just a good guy. <laughs> Uh, but he wants a Super Bowl, and this is this is a year. I mean, they're trying to win now, and Zeke knows that. So yeah. Zeke's like, if I'm going to get more money, now's the time. 
Uh, I'm with you, brother. So, All right, but so we got we got McCaffrey. We got McCaffrey off, Kamara, Barkley, Elliott at the fourth. Chandler disagrees. I'm with him at this moment. Hopkins is first off. That's surprising. And then Adams and David Johnson. And we are here sitting in the eighth slot. Who do we have available? So, us? yeah, we, we've obviously Le'Veon Bell, um, who we were just talking about. He's there. Jones, Michael Thomas, James Conner, Tyreek Hill, who has been cleared. These are all people that I'm thinking about. Uh, or if you want to reach a little bit, um, you can go, you know, Joe Mixon. You want to be dangerous, Todd Gurley, or even Dalvin Cook. I'm not trying uh, to. What reach. are you thinking through? Um, right now, Tyreek Hill is scary, but I mean, if he has no issues, I think he is the pick. But he is scary. Right. You got a little, you know. The draft is about mitigating risk, and if we're going to mitigate risk, sure. we're taking Julio Jones, I believe. I, you know, here I would. It, it's obvious for me. It's between Michael, uh, Michael Thomas, or Julio Jones, Mister Mister Paycheck, or Mister Foot. I keep, you know, I keep bringing up the foot with Jones, but honestly, I can't get it out of my head. Hey, and they're going to both, both teams are going to have a fantastic offense. Oh, yeah, I mean. You can't go yeah. wrong. I, I mean, honestly, no. I think you just pull the trigger on either one, and you're going to have a good fantasy here at your wide receiver one position. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take this pick, and we're going to go Thomas here. Um, we'll talk about the next pick, and, and we'll let you take that I'm one. Totally fine. So we went Thomas. And Julio fell all the way wow. to the back, just like you said. Yeah, Odell creeped up there. Le'Veon Bell went after Thomas. Uh, so so after we picked Thomas, Bell went. Odell Beckham, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones went. Uh, beginning second round, James Conner, Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook. And we're back here sitting at 2.5. Um, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here before you make your selection, and then I'll let you kind of take the reins. But... You know, there's a couple options we could we could be like, hey, you know, let's uh, take Kelsey, the true and and, and tried <laughs> number one tight end, no one that you you can really compare him to in the league, or we can double up on our receivers, go for an Aubrey one and Damian Williams, you know, who actually you know uh, the other day he was dealing with a, a hamstring. Um, Nick Chubb would be a good option here, I think. But uh, what what are you thinking? Well. We could potentially, and now we got to see how the rest of round two goes following our pick and then the turn at the beginning of round three goes. Um, but oh, and Juju Smith Schuster, I, I honestly, right? I well, that's where I was getting to. There. We could potentially be in the position to where the um, zero RB strategy, which is not zero RB, you know, throughout the whole draft, it's basically the first four rounds you're gonna right. take a running back. Now, I don't know if we'll go that long. But we could be in a position to where we do stack wide receivers like this. And based on how we discussed Juju earlier in the pod, and I think you said we're talking 130 targets, possibly 105 receptions. How do you pass on Juju? I, I said, yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I, I said at least 130. So Yeah, I think you have to um, think Juju. Yeah, I, I just absolutely, whenever, whenever I was looking over um, – I absolutely just didn't even see Juju there. My eyes went right to Kelsey. So you're saying that no question right here. Let's I go think Juju. there's no question here. You go Juju. And you got Michael Thomas, okay. Juju Smith-Schuster. Your two wide receivers are on lock, obviously pending injuries. You're stuck. Right. Let's go Juju. Damian Williams, no surprise. Kelsey, obviously he's going around the second round. And the beautiful thing about going wide receiver, wide receiver with with two, um, argue, arguably well, definite are wide receiver ones is that you in a PPR league especially, you know, unless you know bar injury, you know you're going to have a top you know top guy without a doubt unless like I said some injury occurs. And the fact that our two wider um, wide receiver now, positions are locked, we can we can waste two rounds, not waste. That's a bad word to use, but we can spend two rounds on running backs if we choose to. You're getting into the rounds now that to me, it's not really a a crap shoot quite yet. Um, or a shot in the dark, as they like to say, but I mean, you're, you're kind of taking a gamble. Uh, right now we're looking right down the barrel of, you know, Leonard Fournette. I'm surprised that it actually fell here. Um, I would almost argue between him and, and free Devontae Freeman for me. 
Um, who are some guys you're looking at in this round? You you got Derrick Henry there, Josh Jacobs. So we're we're definitely thinking RB here. You know. Yes, I, I think we're thinking RB now. If you didn't want to, if you wanted to continue the zero RB strategy, you do still have Stephon Diggs, Julian Edelman, uh, and Brandon right. Cooks available. Also with Robert Woods, uh, he is there. So if you wanted to continue that strategy, you do have some, you know, top twenty-five wide receivers available. But I do agree with you, Greg. I, th- I think we do need to go running back here. However, like I said earlier in the draft, it's about mitigating risk. And I think Fournette right. is a risk. And I believe Devontae Freeman uh, with his injury history is also a risk. So I'm actually, and I don't have any faith in uh, Josh Jacobs. And honestly, the Raiders still have something to prove to me. Sure. I am more on the Marlon Mack I'm with you training. there. I, I'm on the I think so. Looking at uh, what some I of the other go. teams have taken again, you know, we're the, the this isn't a real draft. There, you know, AI is taking these players, but there's a potential that we take Mac here. You know, say this was a real life league. There's a potential that we take Mac here, and then a player that I really really like falls back to us in Henry. And and I say that every year. Uh, last Ooh. year, guess what happened? I dropped him and. Late last year, he took people to a championship and won it off the waiver. That's a fact. And the Titans are a good team. They have gone nine and seven, right. nine and seven, so, and nine and seven the past three years. We'll go ahead. We'll go with Mac team. here. I like your pick. I agree. Um, myself, I would have went Freeman, but uh, Mac again. It's it's not. It doesn't. You're either way. You you have a good pick. I think. So let's just uh, recap on the turn following our Mac pick. They did go Edelman, Fournette, Brandon Cooks, Josh Jacobs. Uh, starting the fourth, they did go Derrick Henry. He did not fall to us. Then Freeman, George Kittle, yep. Philip Lindsay. Um, I am honestly, I would like to get my running backs out of the okay. way. I hate reaching. I hate reaching deep into. Uh, the running back pile late to try and find that other guy. I'd rather head. I'd rather go ahead and get it over with. Our wide receivers are unlocked. I'm confident in Mac. Let's get our running back out of okay, the way. Okay, so let wide me stop you there. Deep. Looking at I'm looking, looking at, at the, the uh, running backs available to us, because here's again where I kind of split off. I'm thinking, hey, you know, the next tier wide receivers that we we're going to be looking at, they're going to be different because look at how many picks we have between this pick and the next pick. But you're right. In Montgomery, we don't know what we have. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, he's going to be great. But never played an NFL game. And then Mark Ingram, he's getting older. Uh, but we, we do know that he can be a, a workhorse. But but they right. also have Justice Hill, who could definitely right. take away some of those carries from Ingram. So he's actually kind of a risk earlier. Um, before preseason, uh, sure. around May, I was very high on marking. Sure. But we can, now, we can take a, it, you know, what, what I would argue to do here, honestly, is take a guy that I like, um, and maybe, maybe not so much Stefan Diggs. Um, I do like Stefan Diggs, but the more and more we, as we get closer to the season start, I'm, I'm kind of falling off that, that train. I'm leaning more towards like a Chris Godwin or even a, a Kenny Galladay over, Diggs or even Robert Woods. Um, I will say I love. Um, I, I kind of am on the wide receiver train simply because right. of the names that are available. Because it is Stephon Diggs, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, right. and Calvin Ridley. Those are really the wide I mean, receivers he, I'm looking at here. Right. However, if we were to take a running back, the following round, even with a ton of picks in between us. We could potentially have Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, sure. Tyler Boyd sure. fall to us, and already have the running back position filled. But you know what? I would be I would be happy with a a wide receiver this round because now you got your two wide receivers right. and a dominant flex. See, I don't. Um, my my well, whole thing is which but I I I don't like. Chris I see what you're saying. My whole thing is I don't want to take a running back just to wipe wipe my wipe myself clear of it. You know what I mean? To, to feel better about it. So you want to I take, take someone that I, I believe in 
and there are there are three players here that Respect. I absolutely love. Um, Stephon Diggs, I know I just kind of said I was I was coming down or fading on him, but still I would take him here. This is I think great great value. Or uh, and Ken, Kenny Galladay, maybe Tron, love him. And Chris Godwin, I really think him opposite side of Mike Evans. But tell me what you're thinking. We can go to the Montgomery route because I could see why that makes sense. You tell me. Uh, you make this selection here. Okay, what I will do is okay. I will stick to a wide receiver this round. You put up a good argument. I like it. Let's do that. I want to scratch Chris Godwin from the list. I really do. That's fine. That may not be fair. Um. But I really like Baby Tron. However, I do not trust that offense. They will throw 45 times a game. However, last year they were 25th in touchdowns, 26th sure. um, in total yards. I am more on the Stefan Diggs train, especially, you know, that's also backing up my argument uh, from earlier that Adam Thielen is fool's gold. I am a big Stefan Diggs fan. I would lobby for Stefan Diggs, but I would be happy right, with Kenny Galladay. Uh, uh, if it were me, I'm, I'm picking Diggs. Let's see where this goes. Personally. So after that, Ingram goes, Godwin Green. Green going there. I, I wouldn't take him there now. We'll see. I wouldn't take uh, David him Montgomery goes. Kenny Galladay, Drake's off the board. I'm really happy Drake's off Luck. the board, so that way I don't have to make the decision on him. Yeah, you know, the uh, Lodge is really making a, at least in the training camp here, from what we're hearing, the beat beat reporters and whatnot, he's really making runs for Causing that. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Yes. So we're back around fifth round, eighth pick. We have, so far, we've got Michael Thomas, Juju Smith, Marlon Mack, and Stephon Diggs. We're still kind of short. On the running back side, but you know we are in a PPR league, and we're looking. I'm looking right at Tariq Cohen, and I'm comfortable taking him around this uh, area, fifth, sixth round. That's that's kind of my area. Uh, we were we were talking about that earlier, and right below him, a couple slots down, I do see Tevin Coleman. So everything um, comes full circle on us here, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think we should definitely lean towards the, the running back here. I don't think we have much of an option. Or we can go with the old ooh, old trustworthy uh, Lamar Miller. I, I don't hate uh, Lamar Miller. <laughs> I will tell you that I am um, I'm tearing up with the fact that Chris Carson's gone one pick before this one because that's who I would have taken. Yeah. That's wonderful value. Oh, yeah. I'm comfortable with that. I don't, I don't like uh, – I don't like – Chris Carson, but I will take him in a re, in a redraft like ours um, in the fifth round. Do me a sure, favor, just because of the opportunity there. At Seahawks. Will you please touch on uh, sure. why you are Maybe. not considering Sony Michelle? Yes, uh, one he's he's he, I don't even know he's got some stuff going on with his knee. He had some knee uh, surgery this off season. Also, I do not trust any back like Sony Michelle in the backfield of the New England Patriots. And you know why is because unless your name's LeGarrette Blunt, <laughs> you're not gonna get any opportunities in the in the goal line. You don't know what they're doing. Uh, so I'm just avoiding that. Also they did draft uh Nikhil Harris or excuse me, not Nikhil Harris, that's a wide receiver. Damian Harris. Damian Harris, exactly. In the third round. Right. That's who I'm looking at. I, I would rather take Damian over uh over Sony. But yeah, I, I'm absolutely avoiding Sony. Um, I know where you're going to go on this, um, but you did give me the uh, pick in the fourth round, and I took Diggs, so I will give you this pick. Uh, and I assume in your mind it's going to be between Tariq Cohen and Lamar Miller, especially with uh, Breda being your sleeper pick. So um, right. pick away. Uh, honestly, even if you pick Cohen or Miller, the way this team's shaping out, um, I wish this could be my team this year. So well, let um, me let me ask you this: Wish back out of the three is going to get. Who would you bet your money on to get over two hundred carries? 
Over 200 carries would be Lamar Miller. Between the three. That's that's my point. And at this point, you know, we need someone like that, I think. So uh, I'm going Lamar Miller. <laughs> I don't hate Never. it. It's slightly risky, but we are getting into the, you know, at post, post fourth round, you really do start to take some risks. You need to nail your top four picks. The first four rounds, you have to nail them. And I think we did that. Now we are yeah. getting to risk zone. It is scary that he is our second running back off the board. <laughs> that, I mean, um, it's very scary. It's super scary. But at the same time, last year, who was disappointed with having Lamar Miller? I had Lamar Miller. I think I got him from uh, Jason. Very maybe. satisfied. I, I was happy enough. I will say that. Uh, All right, but talk so us through this pick. What are we doing? Moving along, um, as fate would uh, decide, we got Sony Michelle still alive. Uh, Tariq Cohen went the pick before ours, of course. Um, and we still have Tevin Coleman, uh, Rashad Penny, not a fan. Mm-hmm. Darius Geist, not touching him. I do like Daryl Henderson. However, that is risky, especially if um, Todd Gurley is still even 75% of what Todd Gurley was. Austin Eckler, man, that's a pick right there if Melvin Gordon does get traded. Lord, let's see. We wide receiver wise, Mike Williams, Alshon Jeffrey. We still have three of them. I would really. Right. And we don't. And keep in mind, we don't have a tight end. We don't have a tight end yet. So, um, you know, I to me, Ebron here is undraftable. I think. I think he. I, I think he's going to fall way off a cliff compared to last year. I agree. Um, I'm all about yeah, holding I'm out co- late. On tight ends, I'm comfortable. Though. I'm comfortable here with going with with a high upside receiver or even a high upside running back. Um, Who would that running back to me? Be that for you? well, it, at this position, I, you know, um, even even over Coleman, I would I would say Rashad Penny, just because I would say that Penny's going to be looking. Um, it. it and if he wins the job, he's going to be looking at a lot of carries. If he doesn't and Carson goes down, he's going to be looking at a lot of carries. Coleman, we don't know what Coleman's role is, right, Backs. in San Francisco. That's my argument. But it's your pick. Pick who you want. We could also go with a high upside receiver. You know, I'd, like I said, I'd be comfortable with either or. I think Dante, I'm Dante Pettis, okay. speaking of the 49ers. Yes. Could be some high upside there. That's very high upside. Um, however, I'm not hella confident in Lamar Miller, so I kind of do want to hedge that. You make sure. a great argument for Rashad Penny. Um, clearly, we're not chasing PPR running backs. Like We're both looking for running backs who are going to dominate carries or potentially dominate carries. So I'm cool with Rashad Penny right. here. Let's take him, get the running backs out of the way, really start focusing on – just high upside wide receivers. Okay. Um, maybe finally take a tight end around nine or 10. I like that. Let's do it. Lo and so, behold, our pick is followed by Mike Williams, yep. uh, Dante Pettis, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, Tevin Coleman, Darius Guys, Robbie Anderson, Latavius Murray. Uh, the turn took Will Fuller at 7.1. I. I'm really high on Will Fuller. His only Uh-oh, look at all these QBs falling off. Are you getting nervous? <sighs> nervous on a QB, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to get nervous, especially yeah, when you have I agree. Wilson, I'm Russell with you. Wilson, yeah. Cam Newton, Jared Goff, all available. We can hold out. So, obviously, you know, you and I both agree with late-ish round quarterback. You know, if a certain quarterback falls to us, I know you're, at least in some of the mocks that we've done, you're a big Big on taking Carson around this this area. I am a huge Carson Wentz fan. So let's back up. I want to back up and talk about a couple of the quarterbacks that went early. Just real quick, just to touch on because we're we're kind of running along here. But um, Patrick Mahomes, where would you, where absolutely would you have to take him? You know, he went in the third and this three point five to be exact. Where is it for you where you'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm not letting him go past that point. Well, he's not going to fall to this point, but it's going to be mid sixth round, and wow. simply yeah. because, simply because of the depth of the quarterback position, there are so many. 
you are you have to give up really really good running backs and wide receivers to take a quarterback that early when you could honestly not draft a quarterback stream quarterbacks throughout the season and be fine no i'm with you yeah absolutely i would say for me yeah around that end end for me it's end of the five six i've not taken um I'm not pulling the trigger on Mahomes. He, he's not. He threw 50 touchdowns last year. And he's not, not going to fall again. that far. He's going to be. Yeah, watch him. Watch. Watch him go and throw for 60. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, what are we going to do here? Uh, you know, we talked about we don't have a tight end yet. Uh, Ebron's still there. He he fell. I'm surprised. Um, Vance McDonald. We we hit on him a little bit earlier in the episode. Again, your your boy Carson's there. My boy Carson. I think he's going to have a big year. I think the Eagles are going to be. Phenomenal offense. What are you thinking, and why? Uh, well, you discuss. We already discussed my love for Wentz, and we are in the seventh rounds. Um, yep. Wentz does have. I could picture Wentz being the number one fantasy quarterback this season. All right. Well, you've convinced me there. Let's just go ahead and pull the trigger Mark, here. <laughs> take him. Take him. Okay. We're gonna take Wentz here. And Ebron goes after that. I'm surprised Ebron is falling. Uh, it seems like he's fallen in, in drafts as of late. Our team's pretty much locked at this point. Um, so now I think we can really start taking high upside guys. Uh, I don't Absolutely. like Sammy Watkins. I'm more on the uh, Geronimo Allison train, and I think this is great value at 8.5. He could potentially win the wide receiver two job, and they're going to run three wide receiver sets. So- and this is this is something that we can both – attest to um so look who went right before wilson and look who's still on the board yes wow i mean that's crazy i mean a month ago mv mvs wasn't going what 10th 10 round 11th round if that but yeah if that so all the you know that just goes to show all these beat reporters uh, that you know around training camp all this, like what that actually does and how that affects fantasy. Good real or bad. Fast, real fast, I, I am a, a Geronimo Allison fan. They're going to run 65, 75% of the time. They're going to be in a three wide receiver set. And Geronimo Allison is going to be running the slot. And the slot is a good, good position for a wide receiver. We saw Larry Fitzgerald dominate the slot. I don't hate it. Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. They got a new coach. We expect some positive regression in this offense. Aaron Rodgers only threw 25 touchdowns last year. I think that's going to increase. Um, So either way, I don't care if it was uh, MBS or Allison in this spot. I would take either one of them. I'm with you. Uh, Let's let's go ahead. We're going to speed up a little bit here. We'll go ahead and go with Allison right after Jared Cook falls off, Kareem Hunt. Royce Freeman, Sammy Watkins, Cam's going a little bit earlier than he used to. Sterling Shepard, we had the first Bears defense, or the first defense fall off in the Bears. Um, and then here we are back at nine point eight with Vance McDonald, Vance McDonald, Jordan Howard, LaShawn McCoy. I guarantee LaShawn McCoy will, will probably go undrafted in our league. Austin Hooper. David Njoku, Corey Davis, and D.D. Westbrook. So here we are back in, the, like I said, the 9.8. Uh, and again, yeah, like we've been talking about, we're, we're chasing high upside here. Curse Samuel. At least... Ooh. Ooh. I feel like you just coughed something into my soul. What'd you say? <laughs> uh, Curtis Samuel. That's uh, where yeah. I'm leaning. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with you on Curtis uh, Samuel for sure. Um, nine, ten. I would. I'm taking him anytime after eight. I'm comfortable taking Curtis Samuel from what from what I've heard around camp, what I've read. Kiki Kuti. Um, I'm also a fan. Him around here. Cor- Cortland Sutton, like we were talking about earlier with uh, the athleticism. He he has the size. He doesn't necessarily have the speed that I like and a, a re- receiver his uh, around his build. But I'm comfortable with. Do you just think it's a lockdown for Curtis here? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call it a lockdown. However, I am confident in Cam Newton, and that's a question you'd ask yourself. If you're confident in Cam Newton, then Curtis Samuel is a lock for that uh, wide receiver two position, and that is a very high upside guy. Uh, 
Well, let's back up. Uh, what about Marvin Jones? I know you said that you're not a big fan of this Lions offense. They came out, they've said multiple times, you said that they're going to throw, which is Fact. and complete cron, you know, that's a complete contrary to what the coach came out saying. They want to run the ball. That's what they want to do. They said it multiple times. I'm with you, though. I don't see that happening. They're going to be um, down which, a lot. Which I'm a, I'm a fan of Carryon Johnson. I think right. he's going to have a decent year. I do too. Um, outside the top 10 as far as running backs, I think, for sure. But Marvin Jones, he's someone I, I found I find myself in mocks taking late. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn here. I'm going to leave it to you. I love Marvin Jones. Um, but going back to what we said earlier, we said late rounds mm-hmm. is about finding those – uh, high upside guys, those diamonds in a row. Sure. You know, you know, for Marvin Jones, you know for a fact you're gonna get anywhere between 155 to 185 fantasy points, and that's fantastic. That is, that's wonderful. And if one of our wide receivers goes down, that is a great guy to plug in. So you can look at it is at am I chasing upside or am I chasing a good lineup, a good bench player to where if I do get a guy with a hamstring injury or on a bye. So that's kind of where we're at. All right. We're going with Samuel there immediately after Jones. Surprised that he fell there. Um, he used to be going around eight, seven, seven mark. But uh, Nikhil Harry, that's who I was mistaken for Damian Harris earlier. Ronald Jones. Not a fan of the, that backfield really at all. I think Jalen Samuels, he may be, uh, he went after Ronald Jones. I think Jalen Samuels, Samuels may be a, a decent pickup late rounds. Uh, how do you, how are you feeling about that backfield? Like, do you trust Connor? I don't trust Connor. Not? I don't not trust Connor. Jalen Samuels is a good sure. pick in the ninth round. That's how I feel. About okay. Him. I agree. So here we are. We're looking down at our last pick. This is going to be the last pick that we make today. Um, let's, Talk about our team right now. Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marlon Mack, Stephon Diggs. Uh, we went with Lamar Miller, feeling a little bit of the safer side. Rashad Penny, Carson Wentz, Geronimo Allison, and then Curtis Samuel. Um, so obviously we're, we're, running, we're cutting it a little bit short here at 10, and um, typically we wouldn't do that. You know, draft would go around 16 or 17. But we're going to cut a little bit short, and this is going to be our last pick. So what are you thinking for the last pick here around around round 10, Chandler? Well, it is round 10. I think it's important to discuss the tight ends available. Uh, there's still plenty of tight ends left that I could potentially wait. Uh, but since we sure. haven't really discussed one, we haven't drafted one, I think it's important for people to hear our opinion regarding right. tight ends. I think we should simply discuss the tight end for the sake of it. Um, right, and here – Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'll, I'll give you mine, and then I'll let you jump on in. Um, if I don't get Kelsey, which I don't think I'm going to, you know, and, and especially in our draft, I'm uh, sitting at slot two. So, you know, back at the second round, Kelsey's going to already be gone, I think. I may take Zach Ertz there if, if he's still available. But, you know, it's kind of hard for me to pull a trigger. So, likely what I'll be doing is taking, uh, which I've talked to you about this before, taking the upside on one of these um, – Ricky, Ricky tight ends and TJ Hawkinson at the Detroit Lions because they're going to be, like you said, I think they're going to be throwing a lot. Or last year, Mark Andrews looked good in, in a few games that he's playing. But I think I'm going to maybe lean more towards that. But what are you thinking and, and, and why? Uh, what I'm thinking, touching on what you said earlier regarding Kelsey and Ertz, uh, I, I do think we'll see some regression in Ertz simply due to the uh, rise of Goddard. Um, I actually like Kittle over Ertz. However, for me personally, it's too early to take a tight end. I will be a person that waits this late for a tight end. I'm not looking at Hawkinson. Uh, I'm more or less looking at uh, Delaney Walker. Injury history scares me. Greg Olson, also injury issues. But I am on the Mark Andrews train. I think that is a shot mm-hmm. in the dark that you can take. Uh, he's going to be a great Absolutely. safety net for Lamar Jackson. Um so I would be more along taking Mark Andrews here, waiting until the 16th round, and then picking up a Kyle Rudolph or uh, maybe even taking a shot at Tyler Eifert. And, and I know you're against having two tight ends, but I'd rather take a shot at Mark Andrews drafting another tight end very late or picking one up off the waiver. Right, and that's the beautiful thing about Mark Andrews. You're going to get him around that range that 
Kyle Rudolph is going or someone like that. You're you're not gonna get, you know you're not gonna have to worry about someone picking them up very early early in the draft. You can take a you know spend your second to last or third to last if you want to kind of reach or even your last pick and, and get that. But um, we'll we'll go ahead just for um, these purposes. We'll we'll go ahead and go with Mark Andrews to wrap up our draft, and then we'll talk about our team in a little bit just to wrap up. Go ahead and and, and tell us who we have and. Uh, we'll wrap things up here. Yeah, so I actually think we put together a pretty solid team. We went with Michael Thomas, one, our second-round pick. We went Juju, followed by Marlon Mack, and then Stefan Diggs. I think it's important to know your first four picks, and I do believe that we did that. Um, then follow that up with Lamar Miller, who I think it's safe when we discuss, you know, me and you personally wanted guys who are going to get a lot of uh, opportunity and we were looking at guys who are going to get 200 touches not necessarily focusing on the pass right. uh the receiving potential there so i really like right i mean lamar, lamar miller is going to take a lot of he's going to take a lot of flack uh or he if is. you draft him around there you're going you're going to take a lot a lot of flack for he's taking safe. lamar miller but the fact is it, it is what it is but go ahead i then followed that up with uh rashad penny i think he is kind of a risk but uh carson does have some injury history the seahawks are going to run the football uh we followed that up with a quarterback now you know seventh round is slightly early for a quarterback but i love me some carson Wentz, like we stated earlier uh he has some you know top fantasy producer potential yeah. Uh, then we got Geronimo Allison. I love the Curtis Samuel pick. I'm high on Cam Newton. He looks healthy. Curtis Samuel's a lock for that wide receiver too. And we got him in. Oh, and did I tell you just real quickly? I got Curtis Samuel in my dynasty. Um, That's a great if you remember, dynasty pick. I traded. I, if you remember, I told you someone offered um, last week, I think. But anyway, they were offering me Curtis Samuel because they knew I wanted him. I had James White. They were off me Curtis Samuel and a third round pick next year, a future third, you know, first round pick next year, or a third round pick next year for James White. I said, no, that's all right. Just because I knew he was going to come back. For some reason, he wanted James White. The dude comes back with Curtis Samuel and his first round draft pick for James White. I pulled the trigger. I have Curtis Samuel and two first round draft picks next year. Now, I think that's a wonderful trade, and I think you won that trade. Dynasty is a mix of a win now and build a yep. team to win later. He's trying to win yep. now, but that New England backfield is is very convoluted. Yeah. So I think that's a great yeah. pickup on your part. I, I, I truly, truly do. Um, while we're discussing the draft, I, I do have something I want to say about ADP. Uh, this sure. is focused um, towards a couple of our league mates, a couple of owners in our league. Um Rut row. They believe that we are ADP drunk. I don't believe that. I think me and you value ADP. I think I think it's very important. However, there is a difference between focusing on ADP and putting a good team together. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So if you have the potential to take a player who you believe is going to be a good player and the ADP disagrees with you, that is a situation you ignore the ADP. Okay. Yeah. Tyreek Hill could potentially be a very good argument for that. We jumped on Lamar Miller. His ADP may not agree with the fifth round, but we were confident. We jumped on him, though. And we were mitigating yeah. risk. And I believe we did that. I think we ignored the ADP in that situation. ADP has a role to play. Sure. But in situations like Patrick Mahomes going into the third round, if he's there and his ADP is 3.5 and you have the fifth pick in the third round, you don't have to take right. him just because ADP says you have to. We don't believe here's, that. Here's the thing. It's it's a great practice tool, uh, 100%. But you know your league better than anybody else. Uh, and I'm speaking to anybody who may be listening. I'm speaking to league mates. You know how better than anybody else does or maybe even better than they do how they are going, going to draft. So if there's someone that you're targeting and you want to pull the trigger at that point, go ahead. I mean, you probably you have you probably have a better uh, feeling of whether or not they're going to take that person, you know, when they are than than they do. So uh, yeah, but I think ADP is a great a great tool. Um, it matters. I enjoy watching. Absolutely, it does. It does matter. I enjoy watching 
players over the you know during the off season go up and completely sometimes completely off uh undrafted you know but yeah uh anything else you want to add before we wrap this show up the first ever gnc fantasy football show chandler um well as long as everybody knows that uh we uh, do not sell supplements um is simply uh, <laughs> uh but no no, no I, i'm very excited I what? today <laughs> went wait whoa whoa, whoa. What supplements you got? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, but no, no, no. Today, I think it went very well. Uh, first podcast ever that we've done. I yes. mean, we haven't even done a practice. Congrats. Round, and it went pretty well. Uh, it's only going to get better from here. I want everybody All to All right, well, that. we'll have a couple more. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please give us a like. Let us know what you thought, whatever you think. But um, other than that, peace. Peace. Peace.